you know how you love tucking into your Paleo Ridge every day, well, you've got a treat in store, because we're jumping on Zoom now to talk to Esther Loeb from Paleo Ridge about this year's Crufts, about natural health, and about all the dogs they met at Crufts. I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Esther Logue, welcome to A Dog's Life. Hi Anna, thanks for having me again. No, I'm, I'm absolutely delighted, you know, to, to chat because I'm all about girl power at the moment. And I just think, you know, this kind of is going to sum up our conversation today. Brilliant. <laughs> Well, we, we're just out of Crufts, aren't we, Esther? We were just chatting there off air about how exhausting, in a good way, Crufts actually was this year. Absolutely. I mean, um, we were there, so we went up actually on the Wednesday. So we set up our stand on the Wednesday and then we were there for four days and it was absolutely exhausting like you said in a good way though um but it was just it was so full-on I think compared to last year it seemed way busier I don't know if they'd sold more tickets or um or what happened but it was it was constantly busy which is obviously a very good thing yeah I must admit because I got up there on the Thursday and we had our you know, Instagram live all scheduled for 2pm, didn't we? So I'm legging over from the press office with Mr. Binks and everything over to your stand. And I was I was shocked at the amount of people, you know, because it was four deep widthways across the aisles. I had to carry Binks, obviously, because otherwise he would have been crushed because no one looks down, do they? You know, they're looking ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so he's used to that, though. Don't tell him he's so small. He really thinks he's <laughs> very big. Um, but but it was such a shock because also on the Thursday, it um tends to be the most quiet day obviously because it's a work day and so on but I think I think people are just dying to get out more and um and dying you know we've seen such a growth in the dog population and where better to go you know as a dog owner to crafts to learn and be educated about dogs one of the best places for that um I mean well as as you see they have so many stalls and so many people there with with great information so especially if you are a, a new dog owner um it's an amazing place to go um and you're right the Thursday this year um usually the quiet day was the busiest day um for us and even though there was lots of snow and bad weather everybody still made the effort to go and um Thursday was a bit of a blur actually <laughs> um <laughs> Just on our stand, it was like we were kind of, I think we'd set ourselves up for a bit of a, a slower day and it was just the total opposite. Um, met some lovely people and some lovely dogs. Um, and then that just kind of continued out through the next few days as well. So I think, um, I'm not sure what the stats were for Crufts this year, but I've got a feeling that they might have sold out on their tickets, just judging by how many people were there. Yeah, well, interestingly, I know for a fact they did sell out on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, wow. Like the end, they were, you know, no more humans could enter the building for from a health <laughs> and safety perspective. You know, they so, sold out completely. I don't know about Friday and Thursday, but I know when I got to your stand, oh, it was so lovely because it was your second year at Crufts, wasn't it, Esther, for Paleo Ridge to be at Crufts? 
Yes, just the second year. And so different, you know, as, as we've just said, but also different because I loved your stand. It was it was so not a big stand, you know, not a small one either, obviously, but it was perfectly formed, you know, in terms of, I think, offering real education about feeding raw because you had like a bar, not a bar area, but like a diner area, really, where you were actually selling some raw as well, which I think was a genius idea. And also you had a meat grinder on there with all the actual real ingredients on display. So, you know, for somebody who's not sure about raw, heard about raw, thinking, oh dear, can I really deal with the blood or whatever, you know, they were getting a real firsthand experience of how the food is actually put together. Yeah, definitely. It was, um, I mean, we, so we were there for the first time last year and um, we had quite a, quite a basic stand. Um, it was our first year, so we didn't really know what to expect. And we learned so much from our first year and something we got asked last year, um, you know, multiple times a day was, are you selling any raw food? And have you got any samples so we can see what it looks like? And that was so frequent last year. So when we had our, you know, um, crafts wash up meeting, we decided, something that we abs- absolutely have to do this year is we have to sell raw and we have to show people our product because like you said people who've never fed raw before um you know don't don't really know what it looks like if they've never seen it before um and especially with our food as well you know we we preach about um the quality of the ingredients that goes in and that there's no additives or preservatives in there so the idea we came up with was to have a little tabletop mincer with some of the ingredients and um, to show people exactly what goes into our food and how it looks when it comes out, uh, which actually went down really well. I was very surprised actually at how many people wanted to come and look at the individual ingredients and ask lots of questions about it. So it was, um, it was very successful. I loved um, seeing Will Green actually in an apron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of the highlights for a lot of people. <laughs> And, um, you know, so expediently doing the grinding, you know, I did love that. They're quite old fashioned meat grinders, aren't they, really? I, do you think many people have them? Yeah, I think, um, to be fair, I've never seen one actually in my life. <laughs> um, and I, I was quite surprised uh, when, when we got the little tabletop mincer, just how small it was. I was thinking, is that going to be big enough? But um, just for those demos, it, it was actually perfect. Um it was a perfect size. And although the plate on it was slightly smaller than the plate that we have on our mincers, um, it was still chunky enough to show what the consistency of the raw food would be like. So, mm. um, yeah, it was it, it was very good. We've had a lot of good feedback from that. So I think, you know, we would have to do something similar, if not, you know, maybe something even better next year, whatever that may be. Well, I just think it was, you know, very, very insightful because I must say I've never seen a meat grinder or anyone really trying to so showcase the ingredients on a raw stand before ever at Crufts. So I'm sure it turned a lot of heads, you know, and I think, you know, in terms of customers, you know, the confidence that projects to the end user, I think is massive, particularly, as you said, you know, in a day and age where we're worried about additives and all the rest of it and things that are hidden in foods, human and dog. So there you are going, this is it. <laughs> yeah, Pure and simple. It's just natural meat and highlighting, you know, the combination of just having the 10% offal and 
you were making up the lamb breast and lamb heart mix, for example, one of our favourites here. It was, uh, yeah, just just really fun, I think, really fun. Do you think it turned people around, you know, at Crufts? People came onto the stand, you know, having heard about Paleo Ridge, but was still a bit, I'm not sure about raw. Do you think this um, actual real display of the ingredients convinced people to go raw? I think so, yes. I mean, the, the few people that I spoke to, um, well, many people I spoke to after doing the demos, um, were actually quite amazed at how the ingredients looked. So I know, I can't remember on the day that you came over and we had uh, we had a board with the, with the lamb ribs and the heart um, and the offal on there as well. And um, so obviously that was all real. I think one person asked if that was fake and we were like, no, no, that's that's the real ingredients. Um, and once it was all minced up, um, I had one person say to me, you know, I didn't realize that it would look like that. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. And I think there's a, a misconception with when people talk about raw food and they think, you know, it's going to be this horror film in your bowl, um, you know, really gruesome, where in fact, actually, you know, when you really look at it, um, it's it's not as scary as you initially think and it is very easy to you know spoon out and feed as well I think that's another worry that people have of you know the mess it's going to make but actually with the complete meals it's so easy to defrost and dish up so we just really wanted to show people that and I think it did work I think yeah. it was very well received Oh no! Great. I'm. I, I think. I think it was a brilliant idea, and of course, it was also the launch for, you know, a substantial increase in your treats range. Yes. Yeah. So we um we recently launched uh, four new meaty treats. So we took a load of those up with us, um, and had them on display, um, and were offering those at a discounted rate for people to try, um, which also went down very well. Um. So the natural. The natural treats are all air dried and they've got the nutrients locked in. Um, and it was really great to actually have dogs come to our stand and try the treats themselves just as a little taste tester. Um, yeah, which was brilliant. So we would we would definitely, definitely take the treats back next year as well. Yeah, I mean, look, treats are key, actually, I think. And I think so many people forget about treats, really, you know, in that they may, people may feed lovely breakfast and a lovely dinner, lovely raw, balanced, complete meal. But then through the day, treats like biscuit treats might pop into the equation. And then you're kind of diluting the, the whole kind of point, really, of feeding raw for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's, I mean, that's one of the things that's obviously very important to us is to offer a nutritional, um, healthy treat, which goes alongside the raw diet. Um, so the treats that we have are, you know, things like lamb lung and turkey liver, um, you know, basically awful that is just very, very nutritious um, and won't interrupt the, the raw diet as well. So um, I understand there's thousands and thousands of uh you know, treat products on the market. Um, so I would recommend to anybody who is raw feeding to definitely go for a natural treat. Because um, like you said, it won't dilute um, the nutritional value of the raw. Yeah, exactly. And and I love the treats. They've all gone down a treat. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yes, funnily enough. And um, <laughs> because they're, 
uh, being with my behavior training hat on, you know, I never recommend biscuit treats. And when I go and do um, a consult, I have to specify no biscuit treats before I go because there is no point trying to train a dog with a biscuit because they crumble. It's just hopeless. The biscuit will crumble. And if the dog has managed to go into a sit, the dog will immediately stand up, snuffle up all of the crumbs. So you need a treat that isn't going to crumble. So that's why, you know, a bit of the lamb lung, for example, which breaks beautifully into little pieces. Oh, the lamb lung. I think it's my favorite. Not that I've tried it, obviously, but (laughs) in terms of its consistency and its multifunctionality really that's perfect in a Kong or something like that because it's got lots of different sizes so you can ram it in to fill a whole hole of a Kong or you could break it up and it doesn't crumble to use as a training treat so yeah no absolutely wonderful but you know in terms of the dogs that you saw up there because Crufts oh you know I love it because you know I'm a bit partial to the pedigree breeds (laughs) goes back to my childhood you see because I was grooming to bet and spaniels before oh, they wow. went into the show ring yeah when I was eight <laughs> that's amazing yeah what well, great in... what a great thing to do when you're a kid I know I know well it was before the internet and all these things the dogs were my life you see I mean this this is the thing and I used to go every year to Crufts with my aunt because she broke Cavaliers and their toy obviously in the toy group and yeah and um, I had a Tibetan Spaniel which is in the utility group so that's why I've got a soft spot for the toy and utility day which was on the Sunday when we aired the radio show this year as well. Amazing. Yeah I know so but um, you know all the breeds I mean what would you say was your favourite dog that you'd perhaps never seen before at Crufts this year, Esther? Well, there was one dog that stood out to me um, and it was actually a Mastiff. Mm. Um, And it was a a black Mastiff. Um, I I think his name was Joseph and he was enormous. (laughs) Um, I I have met Mastiffs before, but he was, um, I mean, absolutely beautiful. Um, I think his owner said that he was 90 kilos and fed four kilos a day of raw which wow. is just bonkers um and he was the most chilled out gentle giant i think i've ever met and um yeah although i met loads of dogs um he stood out for me because his temperament was just so beautiful um as well as him as well yeah no oh i love oh, i love Matt. was he an old english mastiff yeah i think i think he was a bull mastiff yeah um, I, I i might be wrong um but yes um just i just remember the size of him is just absolutely huge and um to feed four kilos a day of food is um is quite something <laughs> well it well it is and it's an interesting point to make you know when you're choosing the dog you know I always say you've got to be honest about your experience with dogs you know your lifestyle your expectations of your dog and you know your accommodation because a bull mastiff I mean certainly in my flat that I live in now he'd fill the whole flat <laughs> you yeah. know, there wouldn't be room for a sofa <laughs> I exactly <laughs> exaggerate a bit but you know um and then you've got to think of budget you know four kilos of raw is a lot more expensive than what little Mr Binks eats a day which he eats about 150 grams so <laughs> I know what a difference, Quite a difference. <laughs> it really is actually I know oh gosh so it's important to think of things like that though you know Definitely. And I have to say, I absolutely love seeing Mr. Binks at Crafts. Um, he is just such a delight, um, just such a sweet, sweet boy. 
do you know what he really is i mean this morning i was just walking him along and a random man i you know, don't know just said i've just got to say that your your dog is absolutely gorgeous and oh. i mean absolutely he repeated the absolutely <laughs> and i went oh thank you you know it was such a he's he's come He's come into his own, Mr. Binks. I mean, he's, he took years to rehabilitate and to bring him out to be able to do what he does now at Crufts. And he even went on GB News with um, Bill Lambert, you know, one of the, you yeah. know, big wigs at the Kennel Club, really, when he did his interview, because uh, Bill won. Well, he was, it, Bill was absolutely distraught. I hadn't brought Prudence up to Crufts because he loves bull terriers. And he said, I need to borrow a dog, Anna, for my interview. And I said, well, you're more than welcome to have Mr. Binks. And oh, he did so well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's well it's such a lovely compliment to get from the, the random person in the street and um yeah amazing I think he's he is a wonderful dog and you're very lucky to have him oh thank you no he is he's great I tell you what Bill said actually because um we were waiting to do the the airing of GB News and and I had the venison treats with me and so basically I was out of view, but I had to keep Mr. Binks looking at the screen, you know, because it was done on Zoom. So I was waving the venison treats, Esther, right? <laughs> Stay focused. And I was just positioned, you know, in the right angle, right? So I was out of view and we were waiting and we were waiting. And then Bill would put his hand out to me sideways. I'd put a venison treat in his hand and he'd feed it to Mr. Binks. And then <laughs> we were getting through these treats, you see, and then Bill said, very greedy, isn't he? You know, and he really <laughs> loves these new bill, these are new treats at Crafts. And the other thing Bill said was, I can't believe the size of his teeth. Um, and, <laughs> and it is quite funny for a small dog, he's got huge teeth. And I love that because he's kind of, he hasn't really changed since the 1850s. When you look at old etchings and drawings and paintings of the English Toy Terrier, they do look the same as they look now. And I, I really quite like that. So, you know, he was a ratter and Binks would be able to kill a rat. Yeah, he's brave. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's lovely to also hear that, you know, the, the breed hasn't changed for such a substantial amount of time as well. Um, which is, I mean, often there's with with other breeds, you can see the changes um, over the years. But um, that's lovely to know. Yeah, yeah. Changed. I mean, no, it's true. And it's just a shame. You know, the real shame is this. They're facing extinction. Um, yeah. so I know, I know. So, um, you know, that's what Bill said, you know, as well, you know, he said, this is Mr. Binks. He's an English toy terrier. And I believe he's been on GB news and he upstaged Damon Holmes. It was, <laughs> it was so funny because he did. But, um, and, um, and that sort of went down like a ton of bricks, I think. But anyway, no, I know. And the vulnerable breeds, I just think, you know, there's 34 of them. Uh, vulnerable British breeds and I just wish people oh, it's one of my biggest bugbears that people don't research enough about dogdom before they get a dog I I personally really want to see a bit like you know your cycling proficiency not that I think you had to do that anymore I'm so old that before you got <laughs> got to ride a bicycle anyway you had to pass your cycling proficiency test right which was you know, well, just, you know, the highway code and all this stuff and the right of way and all of these things. But I think people need to take an exam before they get a dog to get a certificate, you know, to prove 
that they know what a dog is. You could ask a question like, is a dog a herbivore, an omnivore or a carnivore? And they've got to get this certificate before they can actually buy a puppy or even adopt from a rescue. What do you think, Esther? Um, I completely agree with you. I think, um, you know, owning a dog is more than just having a dog. Um, you know, we saw um, a huge influx, didn't we, through lockdown of people buying dogs, um, not really having one before, not really knowing what to do with them. And then as soon as lockdown was lifted, it was like, oh, I'm just going to get rid of this now because I don't have time to deal with it, which is incredibly sad and incredibly um, effective on the dog as well. So I totally agree that I think you should have some sort of um, test or exam to just approve to know what you're doing because these dogs are are beings you know they have needs and um, very specific needs as well so no totally agree with you on that one yeah there's a lot going on I think with all the, the well I know at, the, at a high level with all the animal welfare organizations at the moment and I do think the dog license will be happening I think before the end of the year to bring the dog license back and try and get some accountability on the go really for dog owners and I think that's a, a really important thing that has to happen now. That would be great I was it was it once a thing then that you had to have a license I've not heard of that before. Oh, crumbs. Yes. No, in the olden days, you had a dog license. Absolutely. And oh. I think in Ireland, they still have a dog license. You've got to have a dog license. But it really, you see how I want to see the dog license is a bit like a driving license where you've got a central database like the DVLA. And if your dog does something a bit asbo in the park, you know, you'll get three points on your dog license and a bit like a driving license, get to a certain number of points. And then, you know, people have to say, you know, I'm terribly sorry, madam, you know, <laughs> your dog has yeah. got 16 points on your dog license. Could we suggest a dog trainer to come in and perhaps work through some issues with you? So, you know, your dog doesn't chase squirrels in the park anymore because that's actually unlawful. I didn't realise that, but chasing squirrels, it's unlawful. I mean, think of the squirrels. People let their dogs chase squirrels and think it's funny. It's unlawful and it's not very nice for the squirrel, is it, really? I mean, no, not at all. You know, I digress. But yeah, yeah, this is what's being talked about, which would, with a central database, really help with dog theft as well, because there's so many microchip firms and it all just gets really diluted and it really needs tightening up. We've, we've got to sharpen up. We've got to sharpen our pencils and do the right thing for our dogs in this country at the moment. That's what I think. <laughs> I, to I totally agree with you. I think um, more needs to be done and hopefully... You know, hopefully we can start to see some changes as more people shout about it. Absolutely. It's all about lobbying for change and moving with the times, I think, as well. You know, you can't stand still. You've got to adapt. Everyone has to adapt and change. But for me, of course, Esther, you know, feeding raw is kind of pivotal to a dog's health. But some people think it's all only about nutrition but you're doing a course that sounds awfully similar to the course I did 10 years ago I must say I keep up to date because I, I read dogs naturally avidly and I do CPDs to keep up to date because 10 years ago in the field of nutrition it's like a hundred years in a way because the yeah. field of nutrition changes every day almost but it's interesting isn't it when you do a, a rounded course that looks at the naturopathic way as opposed to the allopathic way which is conventional medicine there's a lot more to it than just nutrition isn't there Esther? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, since I've been learning about it, so I'm doing biomedicine at the moment, which is, you know, learning about how every system of the body works, um, which is absolutely fascinating. Um, but it also highlights how, you know, how sensitive um, the every system in the body is and how there are so many things naturally that you can do to support your immune system and support all of these systems in your body. Um, you know, so it's not just the nutrition side of it, but I mean, feeding a healthy diet is you know, one of the things I know we both shout about a lot is that um, the majority of the immune system is located within the gut. Um, and the gut is the second brain, as scientists now describe it as. Um, so everything that's inputted into the gut is going to affect your mental state and um, which can affect behavior, obviously. So it's it's not just a case of, you know, um, obviously you need good nutrition as well. But in terms of mental well-being, it's really important to feed foods that aren't processed and full of chemicals and things that are going to not only upset the stomach but upset the brain as well yes uh, I mean the we've really only begun haven't we or you know everybody is studying the microbiome I know Tim Spector is somebody I'd love to get on the podcast you know from King's College in London yeah. as he's really pioneering the research into the microbiome and and how it affects on so many different levels but it's also stuff like environmental stressors isn't it Esther and working Definitely. out what they are and how you can cut back on stressors to the body yeah, because we we are constantly surrounded by them. I mean, not only is, you know, our air polluted, um, you know, we have to think about uh, tap water as well. Um, you know, it's always recommended to um, give your dogs f filtered water if you can, um, or distilled water, just because of all the chemicals that are put in there. So you've got the air, the water, you've obviously got food, um, and then there's things around home as well, like cleaning products um, air fresheners you know scented candles all of these things that we don't actually think are going to affect the microbiome actually can have a huge effect on it so you know one of the things is you know if you clean your floor with a bleach floor cleaner and your dog lies on that floor um you know and then licks its paws or something that can have a huge effect on on their gut and the microbiome yeah. So it's these things, you know, there's there's such a wide range of of toxins, toxins in our environment that can have an effect um, on the system. And it's it's mind blowing when you start going down that route as to all the things that can affect you. I know. I mean, this is I, I loved my module on um, environmentals with the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. I think it was my favorite because nutrition, I was still pretty much on the page, you know, and I learned lots. But, you know, I'd already been feeding raw for a very long time at that point. And um, but, you know, things like, for example, flame retardant chemicals that are in all modern sofas, obviously, for a reason that you don't set them on fire, yes. <laughs> but, you know, but, um, you know, so after I realized that, you know, I was actually moving house. So I just left the sofa because it was a modern sofa and I was absolutely freaked out. You know, I just learned about things that freaked me out, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> things like glue in wood floors and then you put the heating on. And then you've got formaldehyde evaporating. And when you think that a dog's metabolism is so much faster than ours, because obviously smaller the animal, you know, faster the metabolism. So a mouse has a faster metabolism than an elephant. Um, yeah. You know, I bet you've learned that one in the course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, what you mentioned about the glue in the floor, that's terrifying. And it's something that you just wouldn't, you know, 
day to day you just wouldn't think about I know, I know. And but then it's things as well, like slippy floors. You know, that's something when I go in to homes, it's the first thing I say to people. And they think, well, what's a slippy floor got to do with dog training? And I go, so much. <laughs> Hear me out. Yeah. <laughs> so your dog's going to be nervous because they're slipping and sliding, you know, like we, we might be on ice. You know, I can't bear well you know I hate snow and I hate ice and I hate yeah. thinking oh I might slip Prue might pull me over any minute and and you you tense up so your whole body's tense and of course you've got to think of the the physical frame as well and how that interrelates you know the actual structural physiology of a dog and how that also affects behavior pain affects behavior and the well-being, you know, and it's our duty of care to uh, keep dogs cool, calm and collected. But slippy floors and when people are playing fetch, you know, down a slippy floor and the dog's legs are going everywhere, that's causing micro lesions in the muscles that, you know, I always say, you know, will come back to bite you one day. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's again, that's something that's, uh, you know, needs to be educated and people as well, especially new time dog owners, because, yeah, it's just not something that people talk about frequently enough, unfortunately. Um, and then by the time kind of people look for look for help, it's it's almost too late because the damage has been done. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, things like over-exercising your puppy as well. That's another big one, actually, that, uh, you know, can again cause, you know, physical problems that, they're all based around inflammation. And of course, if you're fueling these micro lesions and the inflammation that builds over time as your dog's growing, if you're not feeding the right diet, you know, it's going to make it even worse. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, again, I think everything does come back down to diet. I mean, it's the same, it's the same with dogs as it's the same with us. You know, if we're forever eating processed foods with chemicals in it, we're going to find later down the line we're going to suffer with quite a few health problems um and exactly the same with dogs as well so if you're feeding a nutritious diet um mm. you know if there are other health conditions or anything to do with joints or anything having a nutritious diet behind you is going to be um well received later down the line yeah and it'll help help so much you know balance you know other aspects like over vaccination <laughs> have, uh, yes. have you touched on vaccines yet Esther uh, slightly it's not been it's I haven't done the whole topic yet but we've definitely touched on it <laughs> you must listen to my episode with Dr Jean Dodds in fact all the learning you'll do will be from Jean <laughs> she is a legend you know and she oh she's helped me so much in my own personal journey with dogs and you know she's uh done so much in 50 years and you know it seems a great shame that one day you know she might not be here so I was so honored that she recorded a podcast not long ago Esther do listen it's so it's yes a, I will do yeah yeah no it's really really good really good but it's also dog dental month which we did talk about at Crufts Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I know highlighting the importance of um, of uh, dental health in dogs um, is massive at the moment. Um, and I think, you know, highlighting this at this moment in time is crucial just because, you know, the mouth is the first line of defense um, for the gut as well. Um, so having a healthy teeth and gums is vital um, for gut health as well as overall health 
Yeah, and it's, you know, it's like when you're feeding an overly processed biscuit diet, these tiny particles of biscuit will just get lodged as they do with our own teeth up in the gum where the gum meets the tooth and dissolve and create starch, which then turns to sugar and sugar is a cause of, you know, inflammation. And then the gums will get inflamed and cause pain and teeth rotting and all the rest of it. So dogs can't floss is basically the thing, isn't it? We can get rid of those biscuit particles. But even with constant brushing and everything in a human, we still have to go to the hygienist, don't we? Well, I do. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I only went to a hygienist appointment um, last month, um, which was much needed. But obviously our diets, you know, we, although we try and be very conscious about nutrition and everything, it's, you know, it's easy to have some biscuits or something um, for us. But for our dogs, they don't have a choice. So they are fed whatever we decide to feed them. So it is up to us at the end of the day um, to make sure that they're not having this overly processed food. And, you know, one of the best things about raw bones, especially, you know, whole raw bones for a dog to chew on is that raw bones is the best source of calcium and phosphorus. Um, and not only that, when they're when they're actually biting down and chewing on these bones, it's scraping the plaque off of their teeth. So it's almost like a natural toothbrush, as well as providing the calcium and phosphorus needed for healthy bones. Yeah, no, brilliant, brilliant. You know, even something like a chicken wing. I remember Mr. Vinks, when he arrived, I got him onto raw bones and everything straight away because of his condition. You know, he has a calcium deficiency because, you know, he's got this thing called leg calves purse disease. He's a tiny dog with the longest name condition. It's quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, it's... bless him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bless him. Because um, I know that you, you do um, brush his teeth, don't you? I do. I have a sonic toothbrush and I do brush his teeth. I do do it every day, actually, because what he has got two loose teeth at the back and I'm desperately fighting for him not to have a dental, you know, because this is the other thing. It's all about the cost of living crisis in a way. You know, the more investment you put into looking after your dog's teeth, really, you know, the more money you'll keep in your bank because dentals, hygienist appointments for dogs, they're not often covered on your insurance, which I've never really figured out why. I've asked lots of vets over the years and I can't really see a logic to it myself, but, you know, I've been quoted £550 just to take two teeth out. I know, (laughs) That is huge. That's a huge amount of money. Well, it is. When, yeah, but for me, it's the risk of giving him a general anaesthetic. I just am not. Yeah. And do I trust that vet? Yeah, so so lots of complicated thoughts going on. So absolutely, sonic toothbrush, brushing every day certainly can help. You know, but I feed raw green tripe every single day, Esther. And I like to have more than three protein sources in every bowl so I will get my paleo ridge delivery in fact one could arrive any minute now I know that so amazing amazing (laughs) so you know I will partly thaw a kilo of whatever variety and then I'll package it into different freezer bags with labels on so that I might pull out a little bit of venison and duck one day to mix it with some organic raw green tripe for example maybe with an essentials chicken because the essentials range I have to say I think it's it's brilliant well it's so gorgeous in its consistency really and I think particularly for first time raw feeders it's so easy don't you think Esther? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the Essentials range um, has been, it's it's been so popular since we launched it. Um, and I don't know, you know, anybody listening who's tried the Essentials range, like Anna said, the, the consistency of it is actually lovely. <laughs> um, and I think that mixture of, you know, the 20% vegetables in it um, just, just really helps the consistency. And also for first time raw feeders um, who are a bit nervous about feeding raw, I think seeing the vegetable content in there is actually quite helpful for them. Um, I think it allows them to feel like that they're feeding, uh, you know, a nice balanced meal. Um, whereas I think some people find, especially new raw feeders with the classic range, which is a brilliant range, but is purely just meat, bone and offal. Um, and we often get questions, should I add vegetables into it? Um, so the essentials range has got a bit of everything, which is which is brilliant for first time feeders. No, it is. It is. But it doesn't have raw green tripe. And so going back to raw yes. green tripe, <laughs> which I recommend everybody does give a go, although for first time raw feeders, you know, the smell might be a bit off putting, but it's worth persevering because for me, that is your toothbrush because it is the stomach of a deer a cow or a sheep and it's the elastic band kind of texture of the the tripe coupled with so it works like a dental floss would so it gets between the teeth but it's basically full of all the digestive acids that help literally clean the teeth I mean I can I've watched raw green tripe work on the big canines of a bull terrier and you see that's the thing prudence is nearly eight her teeth are amazing. But you see, Molly, my first bull terrier's teeth were utterly amazing. She chipped one of her canines on a toy. That's oh, a long story. Won't go there now. I was more than annoyed. It missed the nerve by a nanomillimeter. We didn't remove it. I wasn't going to do the general anesthetic because I don't think she would have survived it at that stage in her life. And um, she was about 12 at the time. But do you know what? That tooth never discolored, as the vets all said it would. It stayed white and really white. And, you know, I just thought, gosh, she had a strong immune system, Molly. That's for sure, actually. But likewise with Prudence, her teeth are amazing and I've never brushed them. But of course, she's been fed raw and a lot of green tripe through her life. They're amazing. I mean, they are really good teeth. <laughs> yeah, quite proud of this fact. And it does show that you can keep dog's teeth clean without necessarily brushing, you know, if you feed the right food. I do believe that. Definitely. And I think the proof is, you know, the proof is there, like you said, um, you know, with with both of your dogs, um, it's worked amazingly. And um, raw green tripe, you know, I know we, we both like to shout about it, but it really is amazing. It is um, something that should definitely be included in their diet, just for the fact of the teeth cleaning aspect of it as well. And because of how, um, nutrient dense it is as well I mean it is just packed full of digestive enzymes and nutrients so it's definitely worth adding to your dog's diet if you can and I love the fact that uh, paleo offers such a choice of tripe <laughs> should we really go yeah. into tripe because <laughs> there yeah. is an organic lamb tripe that you can buy and there's um, you know an ethically farmed lamb tripe and there is the beef tripe do you think we might get venison tripe I mean, it's definitely something we can look into, um, you know, once we're, we are expanding at the moment. So, you know, once we've, once we're all settled, because we've actually um, occurred a second site. So once we're all settled there, then we can definitely look to, um, to increase our ranges, which is definitely on the cards. So a venison tripe would actually be an amazing addition. 
Yeah, no, it certainly would. We'll definitely be trying that. No, it's just such great news for paleo. I'm so, so chuffed everything's going so well and that Crufts was such a success and the move to your new facility and all of this. Yeah, it's showing the market as well is 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 ready. Do you think really, Esther, it's, it's moving more towards natural and raw? Yeah, definitely. I mean, compared to, so this year at Crafts especially, we had a huge amount more interest than we had the previous year. Um, you know, people uh, wanting to switch over to Raw, which was just amazing for us to hear. Um, you know, and I think having a look on social media and just having a look at the kind of pet news in general, Raw is, it's it's growing and people are becoming more aware of nutrition and health, which is, you know, we are so over the moon about that. No, it's great. It's it's brilliant. I'm not surprised. And yeah, so I think it, yeah, hurrah, really. And yeah. raw, raw continue. And hopefully, you know, more and more people will switch over to it. I know, you know, you have to be realistic, I suppose. Some people might never be able to go there. And then I, I guess at least there are some what I call halfway house brands, really, in a way that are offering, you know, a nutritious mix of food, but it is processed. And for some people um, that are worried about, you know, falsely worried about germs and, um, you know, bacteria and everything, I suppose, you know, it's you can't be all things to all people is what I think I'm trying to say, Esther. Yeah, of course. And we totally understand that as well. You know, we understand that some people, you know, may not choose to feed raw or they don't, you know, they, they don't want to feed raw, which is fine. We will never pressure anybody into, you know, going down the raw route if, if that's not what they want to do. All we can do is, you know, educate and advise and you know just be here to answer any questions um and then the decision is ultimately in their hands but yeah so um we we will do our best and we will continue to do our best to 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 put the information out there yes and that's it and and but for people to make up their their own minds but for me the proof is always in the pudding you know a raw fed dog just exudes health you know the coat I mean look at Binks I mean he's like a yeah. mirror oh he's so shiny <laughs> and would you believe it Esther he's never had a bath <laughs> wow that's incredible I know he's 11 I mean that might sound to some people oh god <laughs> How on earth has that happened? But dogs don't necessarily need to be bathed as much as people think they need to be bathed. You know, they manage themselves, you know. I mean, street dogs and and, and dogs in the wild, you know, they'll just dive in a muddy pond. So again, it's using good bacteria to balance any bad bacteria. And certainly Mr. Binks, he does not smell. But he hasn't got that much hair, has he really? Yeah. <laughs> No, but it's very true. I mean, you can see, like you said, the proof is in the pudding with raw, um, you know, raw fed dogs, you can see their, their shiny coat and, you know, they don't, they don't have skin problems and, you know, the, the gleaming teeth and, you know, the lovely temperament as well. So it's, um, yeah, the reason we shout about it so much is because we've seen how much it works. Um, and the success that dogs have had with it. Yeah, well, look, let's pick this up for another podcast, Esther. I've so enjoyed this. This is brilliant. And we we could talk for England, I think. And um, <laughs> yeah. I really hope, you know, people are going to be Googling raw green tripe after this. So, um, oh, Esther, I hope you'll come back. Yes. Oh, please. Yeah. Anytime. I absolutely love talking to you. And I know we're on the same page about dog nutrition and everything to do with dogs. So thank you so much for having me on today. No, thank you for joining us. 
Well, that's our show, Mr. Binks. What did you think? Yes, I know. It is so lovely thinking about all the goodies you can eat from Paleo Ridge. And what's that? You're right. It is time for Woof of the Week. As it's still Dog Dental Month, we'd just like to remind you that you can't go wrong with chewing on a raw bone or with a lovely bowl full of raw green tripe. Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, go on, rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcasts. Writing a review for us really, really helps. Thanks again, of course, to Esther Logue for joining us today. And all the links to Esther and Paleo Ridge are, of course, in the show notes. Thanks again to Mike, my producer, for all production and music as ever. What's that, Mr. Binks? Yes, you're right. We will be back in your feed next Sunday. So please subscribe now. It is free because that way you'll never miss another show. Bye for now. Bye for now.